Hey everybody, coming to you live. It's Byron Hussey and Carrie Brennan. Carrie Brennan. Hey. Hi. How's it going? Good. Welcome to the Drinking Dead podcast, (laughs) a a weekly podcast about Walking Dead. It's weekly, (laughs) right? Yeah, because we're going to talk about because we did one week, Mm -hmm. and now four weeks later, we're going to talk about all the other weeks between that week and this week all right good point good point yep (laughs) uh all right so we only did the first episode so we've missed i believe four episodes since then right we've missed um jss well wait what was the first episode called um i don't know the very first episode yeah Uh, i think it was called the walking Walking, it's called first time again walking dead the pilot Walking Dead, the pilot, gotcha. season six. Yeah, I was going way back to the first, yeah. the very first one. Uh, uh, so so episode two was JSS. So this, wait, the first one was new, new Beginnings Again. Right. Okay, so episode two was J- JSS, JSS just Electric Boogaloo. Electric, electric Boogaloo, yes. <laughs> um, and then the next episode that we haven't spoken about yet is Thank You. Thank you. That's the infamous Alanis Morissette song. All right. I was, yeah, no, I think you're thinking of ironic. Sorry. Nice try. <laughs> it's, it's ironic that I mixed them up. Yeah. Um, and that was the one where um, Glenn died, allegedly. Uh huh. Okay. And then after that. Um, instead Morgan. of picking up where Glenn died, we moved to a, uh, a Morgan. 90 minute movie spectacular uh that one i believe is called here's not here here's here's not here correct it's not like you said here's my here which sounds no. a lot more inspirational Mm-mm. that one's the one with the cheese maker correct mm-hmm. correct also known as eastman eastman um and then the most recent episode last week was called now which now. uh conveniently brings us right up to now right and that's because in that episode they um everybody broke out into song and they were singing the um the van halen song right right now, now correct yeah yeah it was just like uh you know ri- <laughs> you know how they had those like cards in the video Oh, right. Yeah. Like in uh, Love Actually? <laughs> uh, well, you kind of jumped, kind of uh, stepped sorry. on my punchline a little bit. But yeah, that's what I was getting at. You know, like, so we got so we got the Motley Crue video. Well, see, I didn't know. I don't know what cards you're talking about in a video because I um, never used to watch MTV. Well, I grew up in a uh, Mormon household. Yeah, but I mean, first of all, Mormons uh, are not like Amish. They, they have TVs. So strike one. Mm-hmm. And strike two. Uh, but everybody we no, allowed but to watch everybody, e- everybody knows those that video though. Like that was a famous one. Okay. Well, we weren't allowed to watch men in um, tights, so that was a David Lee Roth problem. Um, but no, that's and we that's, certainly weren't allowed to watch men and women on the same screen at the same time. Yeah, but that that is a Mel Brooks movie. So, Which one is that? Men in tights. Men in tights. So I, I think you just tights. I think you just kind of confused. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's right right now was the 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 penultimate episode. No, sorry, it was no, the it was the ultimate. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Good. And that brings uh, okay, us up so to... um, wait, wait, I want to be here all night long, well, so I'm going to suggest no, that. Oh, for... you do want to? Well, I just I just was trying to get in because I had I wanted to play the Walking Dead um like theme song just to okay, kind of bring us I, into I the. Uh, I Whoa, 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 Walking Dead. Okay. All right. I uh, think that was actually the same theme song to Walking Tall. Uh, that's, starring yeah, that's, Van Diesel. Yeah, Van Diesel. He's a good actor. Great. Um, okay, so thanks for getting that in there. But uh, as mm -hmm. I started to say, I don't want to be here all night. So I'm going to suggest that we don't like dig too deeply into each episode. No, I mean, well, the thing is, though, that we're, we're sort of lucky here because I feel like they've, they fit almost an episode's worth of content into the last four episodes. So we can sort of treat it like one long, sort of long episode where you okay. know, they, they did a little so, bit more efficiently. They edited, maybe, maybe did a little bit more efficient editing and, and sort of fit that content into this, this one episode. Okay. So um, can I suggest that we actually take these a little bit out of order? Sure. Okay. So I'm going to suggest that we do episode to JSS first, okay? okay, and that's an episode that starts with the honk, that's and it fine, shows us. I sorry? I should say that is that is the first one, right? Okay, that's, yep, okay. it is it is the first one we're starting at. Um, so that starts at the, at the honk and shows us what happens inside the wall, uh, starting from the honk. Right, which I I believe if I if I think back to the first one of these we did, I speculated that that's what would happen. Yes, you did. Yeah. It's very astute. Yeah. Um, and then from there, uh, chronologically uh, on the TV show, the next episode is Thank You. I'm going to suggest we hold off on that one and instead do the Morgan episode next. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and then from it. there, yes. we'll do Thank You, which leads very nicely into Now. Sure. That sounds like a good itinerary. Perfect. Okay. So uh, starting off in JSS, um, what do you remember about it, first of all? I remember the JSS was the one where the wolves massacred the people of um, our town, which is, of course, called um, Charlotte. Charlotte. What is it called? Charlotte, Georgia. Um, uh, it's called Alexandria. Alexandria, of course. <laughs> of course. I was only pretending to forget. Uh, uh, what, what are you drinking tonight on Drinking Dead, by the I way? I actually don't have any beverage. You know, see, I, uh, my beverage of choice is, um, you know, a $5 Chardonnay straight from the bottle. Um, tonight I'm drinking a Not Your Father's root beer. And that's a, uh, a spiked root beer. It's a spiked root beer, I guess, and it's uh, pretty good because I like a root beer, but it's like, it's really sweet, you know, and it's got like, mm -hmm. it's probably got the real corn syrup in it. Yeah. Where I uh, prefer like the, I don't know what it is, the aspartame, the NutraSweet, yeah. whatever. So it's, it's kind of like leaving a film on my, yeah. on my mouth, but pretty good um it's funny because it sounds it probably sounds like this is like a sponsor or something but nope not, <laughs> no not getting any I'm money probably, for, i'm gonna, I'm gonna have to guys. pay them i think okay um root beer guys if you want to send us some free root beer i don't know <laughs> i'll drink it listening i will drink it um so okay so where were we um 
we were i was gonna sit uh tell you what happened in jss yes tell so me the, oh about the wolves ambush the wolves ambushed um alexandria mm-hmm. um jss was uh the girl enid enid that was her sort of catchphrase and we also got kind of an Enid flashback right we start off the episode with an enid uh origin story mm-hmm. um there was some speculation that she might be a wolf because right. she was like that's where we she was talking yeah, about like a, yeah i think was, you're skipping from the beginning all the way to the very end well i thought we were just kind of like doing bullet points because <laughs> <laughs> like well i mean so like i mean if we're, we're gonna boil down the episode i think that it's like attack like horn attack 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 um there's like uh carol's browbeating this woman for smoking inside and then she gets killed and um yeah she was our first casualty the smoker yeah and and then there's like this standoff with uh between um carl and this other dude whose name i forget ron ron burgundy it's not no (laughs) nope so we've got maybe three uh big players in this episode we've got carol Mm -hmm. um morgan and then uh carl i guess carl the carl ron enid uh triangle there um so carol she kind of Carol had been, you know, playing undercover in Alexandria the whole time, playing the um, the cookie baking kind of soccer mom type. Yes. And uh, and then in come the wolves, and out comes the real Carol. Mm-hmm. And you know she she disguises herself as a wolf wolf to try to blend in, and she massacres them. Yeah. Um, and uh, the other um, main force there is Morgan, who has a completely different uh, style. Of dealing with these wolves, would you, which would you is... call it a an an ideology? Ideology, yeah. Is that how you would pronounce that word? I would pronounce it ideology. Okay. Just, um, I just wanted to get that out in the open. So Carol likes to kill. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she really likes it, but you know she, you know her ideology. She's a, uh, a pragmatist. Is a, a pragmatist. pragmatist. We must kill these guys. If not, they'll kill us. Mm-hmm. And uh, Morgan, on the other hand, uh, is more of a peaceful guy. Right. He doesn't think we have to kill them. Um, I'm not sure what he wants to do with them instead of killing them. Well, uh, but he doesn't want to kill them. We, you're saying you, you're not sure as of watching at this that episode, moment, right? Yeah, right. We we're 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 uh, pretending that we haven't yet seen uh, yeah. the Cheesemaker episode. Yeah, I mean, what what was his plan? You know, if we're not going to kill these people, what are we going to do? We're just going to escort them outside the gate? Like, yeah. they're just going to go on their own? Um, and we do see that he does send a couple of them out, um, and one grabs a gun on his way, and uh, and that catches up with us later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what's happening inside. We've got Carol killing the wolves, Morgan trying not to kill the wolves, and then we've got the separate story with Carl and Ron and Eden in, in, a, in a little love triangle there. Um, and right. we have a lot of time with Carl and Enid alone in a house together. Um, Enid comes in. Was she? Did she have the keys to the house or something? And she gives them to Carl and says, oh, I didn't want those guys to get these keys or something like that. I don't remember exactly. Um, 
I think she uh, she just kind of she's like she cramers her way in. She's mm-hmm. kind of like yeah, and then um, cra- she so- cramers in or she fonzies in. I'm not sure which it is. <laughs> hey. Um, hey. So she comes in to tell Kyle basically that she's leaving and she Mm -hmm. spends this whole episode kind of saying goodbye to him, but not really saying anything at all. um, And ultimately leaves him a note and disappears. Um, And uh, in the note, she writes JSS, which we also see her writing in her backstory. She's writing JSS on the, on the foggy window and in the dirt when she's eating a turtle. Um, And we writes just survive somehow. Right, so we learned JSS means just survive somehow. That's the titular line, sort of. That is not sort of, it is. Well, JSS is the titular. Mm Mm-hmm. But she doesn't write the titular. She writes, she actually tells us what it means. But I don't know Um, if that counts as titular. I mean, it's obviously, I just like saying titular. It's titular and subtitular, if there were a subtitle. Well, I mean, it would be... is, does it count as subtitular if there's no subtitch? <laughs> that, that is the subtit. I didn't want to say tit. Because <laughs> like if you say titular, it sounds like ch. Like a titular. Right. So anyway. I'll cut that part out. So, um... Enid, going back to that point you made very early on, yes. Enid and Carl are talking, and Enid says something like, oh, we can't protect this place. It's too big. It has too many blind spots. And then uh, you uh, say again what you said earlier. Was it like about the rescue rangers? <laughs> it was about um, what Enid said that led you to believe that she was a wolf. She said that this is that's where we dot 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 dot. dot, dot. She said, "Yeah, that's how we dot dot dot." And speculation um, online and and throughout has been that um, that's what she was about to say. That's how we got in. Like that's how we the wolves got in. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not sure. So there's speculation that she could be a wolf and she helped them get in. Um, but we also see that Aaron finds a backpack on one of the dead wolves and it has his photographs in there right. um so we know that you know aaron sort of led them there with these with these photos and being careless with those yeah and you know mm-hmm. i actually it didn't even occur to me at that time that i kind of shot that theory like that's that's how they got there it wasn't it wasn't enid yeah like they, yeah, it couldn't it couldn't have been both things like it's not like one supports the other in some way like yeah oh this is that place we already know where it is because we have a mole there mm-hmm. i'm reminded of it so let's go there and she'll let <laughs> right, right, right. right um so then uh eden uh enid enid she goes off um she's gone forever we'll probably never see her again maybe she's probably dead out there because we know bad things are happening outside the wall um but one other character that i forgot to talk about who i think we meet for the first time this episode is our new doctor denise oh yes and uh we first met her um in the room with uh, eugene and and tara and i and i thought oh great we have a love interest for eugene and i was Mm -hmm. really excited about that yeah you're being like really heteronormative there yeah i totally was um and i still hope that uh that it'll happen yeah. I, I i like well, uh, we could, Denise, there could Eugene. be a, a a forthcoming uh polyamorous po- polyamorous triad we cannot rule that out yet carrie uh, uh give me one second here i just i just I, I think we might have an echo i'm just gonna uh, sh- uh shut the door i'll cut this part out maybe okay 
Okay. Sorry, I was going to try to play the DuckTales theme, but some other stupid shit started playing. Shit. So you just can't trust YouTube, you know, because, like, you start playing something and it might be a commercial mm -hmm. or, you know, some other dumb thing. Okay, I'll, I'll just all that's all that's getting cut out. Cool. Okay. I think, I'm, I think I might be really quiet. Um, I can hear you. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll boost it. I'll do a boost. Okay. Um, so I guess that's pretty much the end of that episode. Yes. I think we uh, beat that one into the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, as I suggested, I'm gonna suggest we don't do thank you right now. We go right into Morgan and maybe mm -hmm. learn a little bit about his ideology uh, in contrast to Carol, um, and we can learn a little bit about how he got there. Sounds good. I will say that I I, w I would like to just mention. That prior to having seen the Cheesemaker episode, I um, assumed that everything in the Cheesemaker episode more or less would happen, other than you know maybe the specifics of it. But it's okay. it was sort of like super obvious that it wasn't like Morgan hasn't figured out the world yet. You know, it was like he he'd he you know it was sort of like he, he obviously had come through um, the sort of savage. Uh, way of things that, that Rick's been in and onto into some other like sort of spiritual level and that that was so totally totally uh, you know not what the speculation was that I was hearing at the time it was like oh he's not he hasn't he hasn't figured out where the world works yet he hasn't it was like no no idiots it's like he's so much of a badass that he doesn't have to do that it's like you know it's like the difference between like you know the emperor and Yoda you know it's like he's a good guy and, and and he's he's gonna be a good a good guy no matter what. It's like a it's like a spiritual philosophy. And I might cut this out. This is a little bit just a little bit too hardcore. What do you think? You take it down a notch. No, I think I think you're you're right on. Um, one thing I wonder about though. I, I mean, you said he's a good guy. He's gonna be a good guy. That's what he is. I'm wondering um, how how ingrained this is in him because it's very new to him. This new uh, peaceful lifestyle. Um, if you wanna just. Well, uh, why don't you just do a quick re recap of what happens here in this episode? Sure. So, it's an hour and a half, but I feel like the the events um, could have fit into a much shorter episode. Mm -hmm. um, basically, we we open with him being sort of a savage, um, sort of uh, unrepentant unrepentant un, unrepentant killer mm -hmm. sort of just killing at random and clearing he keeps saying he has to clear he has to clear and clear basically means he he has a he, he makes a circle 
and he kills everything that goes gets into the circle no matter what because mm -hmm. that's how he's going to survive is just he has to just keep things clear um so he stumbles he's kind of wandering around and he stumbles on like a goat <gasps> tabitha yeah tabitha <laughs> um and attached to the goat is a cabin mm-hmm and the cabin belongs to the cheesemaker. His name is Eastman. Mm -hmm. And we learn that Eastman is a... Oh, well, sorry, backing up. Uh, Morgan tries to steal the goat. Eastman kind of threatens him from afar and then uh, knocks him out. Yep. And then he puts him in a cell. Mm-hmm. Which, in his cabin, that's weird. Why does he have a cell in his cabin? Mysterious. <laughs> um, and, you know, this is something that maybe you could clarify for me because I'm not sure, but it turns out later that the cell wasn't locked. Right. And in hindsight, I'm not sh I don't recall whether or not it was not locked the whole time or if it, it just hadn't been locked from the beginning of that, like, one conversation. It had never been locked with him in there. Um, he mentions that he threw away the keys in a long, a long time ago. He threw them in a lake or something. So it's unlockable. Yeah, it's not not a lockable gate Did, anymore. He could have pushed like a, a a bureau in front of it though. But he didn't. Sure. So he left uh, Morgan in there. Um, I guess trusted that he wouldn't figure out that the door would open and come out and kill him in his sleep, even if he did. I don't know. I, it didn't seem like a very smart move because Morgan was clearly a psychopath when he put yeah, him in there yeah. and he was dangerous. And uh, if I were going to put him in a cage, I would make sure that that, that door is not going to open. Mm -hmm. So he kind of uh, imprisons Morgan for a while and kind of teaches him about, about Aikido and are you a um are you a big aikido guy no i i uh i'm more of a of a um a uh, jiu-jitsu jiu-jitsu player what 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 belt do you have black black jiu-jitsu belt okay yeah. and does it do you know if aikido do they give out belts too they do they do this is the regular like white through black i think so yeah Okay, so at this point, I mean, do you think Eastman? I mean, he, we don't see him in uh, in a in a, like his dojo costume. Mm -hmm. I um, think Aikido actually uh, gives out cups. Cups. <laughs> like the uh, like the like bronze cup, the silver cup, the gold okay. cup. Okay. Um, so, what cup do you think he has? I don't think we ever saw it. Do you think he's like Eastman? the gold? Uh, I think he's like the the wooden cup. Like, well, it's kind of like the end of the um, uh, third Indiana Jones movie where he's got to pick out the Holy Grail and he's like, the cup of a carpenter. Mm. And it turns out to be like a very, very humble cup, you know, whereas like the Nazi picked like, oh, Jesus, he would drink from this golden bejeweled cup with rubies. It's full of rubies. And he chose poorly. <laughs> but we learned a little bit about uh, his history with aikido right so basically he learned aikido um because his daughter did something is that does that help uh, i don't remember it i don't remember why i know that his daughter gave him a flyer for it or something like that so yeah. he, but the, he started this 
when his family was still alive and we learn that his family dies not not from the walkers but um from a a a psychopath a murder guy a murder guy Mm -hmm. um and i guess eastman is a forensic psychiatrist and uh, he works or did in his prior life work with uh, psychopaths and i think he said he spoke to like 800 of them uh, and he mentioned that only one of them in all that time did he ever think was true evil. Right. Um, and I guess we learned that that one guy is the guy who killed Eastman's family. So pushing pause. Okay. There. Is that a um, sort of an, an in, internally inconsistent ideology where he's saying, I mean, isn't the point of saying something like, I, you know, there's no true evil. Is like, like you could never then say, well, there's, well, there was this one guy. Isn't, isn't it like, isn't it more like there's no such thing as evil, and it's sort of a pointless distinction because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is I, I want to talk about this. Um, is it, like I said about Morgan. Morgan is very new to this thing, but I, I feel like uh, Eastman was pretty new to it also, and yeah. like maybe not as as deep into it as as we're supposed to believe that he was, right. because I, I do think there are some inconsistencies there. Um, and also we learn, uh, why the cell is in his cabin in the first place, Yeah, which is, um, because he imprisoned that psychopath in it and let him starve to death over the course of several weeks. Yeah. What was the Um, guy's name? His name was Crichton Dallas Wilton. Dallas Howard. Yes. Yeah. Crichton Bryce Um, Dallas Howard. But what's interesting to me about that is that he imprisoned this man and watched him starve to death while he was already practicing Aikido. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's like he didn't learn any lesson from that either because he still, after watching him starve to death, um, held this grudge against the guy for killing his family, um, which it's sort of like, oh, it's he, he's the only true evil guy now because he did something bad to me. Mm-hmm. Like all the other people that he dealt with I'm sure they were murderers too, and that was okay with him. But this, because this guy killed his family, he's you know, mm-hmm. and I, I guess like it's not totally accurate because he had he had come to this conclusion before the guy killed his family. But it's still sort of like I don't. It seems like he's not learning very much from his own philosophy there. If he's still saying, well, you know these murderers are okay but this murderer he, well he's really evil like mm-hmm. it, it sounds like it misses the point mm-hmm. and um one uh, one interesting point i think is that it, so after he starves this guy to death then he finds out that the world ended because <laughs> mm-hmm. he'd been hidden away in this cabin all this time right and so i guess that that point that's when he really decides in this, you know this peaceful lifestyle right but I'm, I'm wondering like how often was he tested from that point it doesn't seem like he got any visitors out there i mean the only people that he had to kill were were already dead walkers i mean yeah. how many people before morgan came to his cabin and tested him yeah i, I mean, mean i think it was sort of one of these things where before you learn about this guy your imagination can kind of run wild and it must, you know, it, it would make him seem like he's been doing this for years and he's like this really wise philosopher and very experienced. But it, it, it does seem like he's just trying this out for the first time in mm-hmm. hindsight, like kind of a little bit, a little bit self-righteous about it too. Like, very, look, very, look, very. How, look how great I am. 
Yeah. I, I mean, so I then you have Well, he did Morgan. he did have that big graveyard, but I think that was all walkers. He was just burying walkers. Well, yeah, but he did also have Creighton Dallas Wilton out there. Yeah, but it's okay like he buried the guy. Like yeah. at what at what point after watching him starve to death over the course of uh, a month um did he decide to like then bury like did it was it right away or <laughs> Or did I don't he know, but you know what? I, just, I hadn't thought of this, but uh, I mean, after he starved to death, did he um, get up as a walker? That's a good question. I don't did, know. Did he have to? Did he? Was that his first walker? I, I mean, or did he leave him there and then go to town to try and turn himself in and find, then find out that about the walker situation and then come back and find him in, in still rotten in his his cage and had to put in a put a put a bullet in his head? Then I don't know. I don't know. And thought that. Um, so anyway, yeah, you get this guy who's practicing the Aikido all alone in the woods versus Morgan, who is taking this new philosophy into civilization. Right. Um, by the way, by the way, I'm going to, yep. I, I would, I would argue that just because these guys aren't, aren't good practitioners of this philosophy doesn't mean that it's not uh, a perfectly viable philosophy for this time at the end of the world. It's just, it's just a, a way of being, mm-hmm. um, you have a consistent, uh, code, Mm-hmm. Uh, you stick to it. Uh, that doesn't mean it, I don't think they're. It's naive. I don't think they they aren't getting it. I think it's you're making a decision about how you act, and conceding for you know, behaving in a way based on how the world is, but deciding not that that way is not going to be influenced by the way the world is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, it's valid. Um, so, but I'm wondering, uh, Morgan. Uh, we see at the beginning he's talking to somebody, and it turns out at the end of the we see at the end of the episode that he's actually um, captured a, a wolf, and he's got him locked away, much like the cheesemaker locked Morgan away. And it seems like Morgan wants to rehabilitate this guy, much like the cheesemaker did for Morgan. Um, but I I think this is a bad idea for a lot of reasons. But one reason, I mean, the cheesemaker. He is a uh, forensic psychiatrist, and he, um, you know, maybe he met Morgan, and he did a quick evaluation. He's like, yeah, this guy, he'll be okay. Right. Morgan, Morgan doesn't know anything about this wolf guy. Like, he, he could be a pure evil, you know, un, unable to rehabilitate this guy. Uh, I, I, it seemed, like, really unwise to me that he would just, you know, capture this one and keep him as his pet. Well, it's, it's, not, it's not clear, though that uh eastman was necessarily saying that he was justified in killing uh Crichton dallas howard um he i think he i mean i i think that he seemed to regret it in burying i i i, I maybe i'm over or misreading it but i i I think I thought the point was that it didn't really matter, and that he shouldn't have done that, and that he came to that conclusion after the fact. That he shouldn't have killed Crichton. Yes. Yes. No. I think he did come to that conclusion. So then it just it wouldn't. The point is that it wouldn't matter. I think, and that's what wouldn't matter. Well, well the it wouldn't matter if the guy wasn't re, able to be rehit rehabilitated. <laughs> rehabilitated like it just doesn't matter I mean, if you're not going to kill somebody you're not going to kill somebody right but i'm saying it, if you're going to keep some to try to rehabilitate i think you're going to be a little more discriminating i right. mean some of them might just be really awful and then maybe you just escort them outside of your walls 
okay right. and you know if you want to if you want to try to rehabilitate this guy like what what made this one so special why did he kick keep him just because he, that just happened to be the one that he knocked out yeah, I think he, he, he could just, have been the very worst worst one he was the only one he had <laughs> but i think it was very dangerous and unwise to try to, to keep this guy i would have put him outside of the wall but i, I think that he knew that the guy would come back and kill people but i guess you could say the same thing about the other guys that he like go so mm-hmm. I, I guess he's just trying to figure it out i don't know I, it doesn't seem <laughs> like these rules are are really set in stuff <laughs> but so i'm just i'm a little worried about morgan because we have seen him on both ends of the spectrum where he's been like a true psychopath and also this very peaceful guy um and and here he is in a, in a really tense situation and i don't know uh, which way he's going to go. I suspect mm-hmm. that he's going to stick with his Aikido philosophy um, for as long as he can, uh, yes. maybe forever. I, I think that he's definitely leaning that way more than leaning towards you know falling off the wagon. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll see. I think that what, what this episode is, is... And and may, maybe maybe more like what what Morgan's story arc is, maybe as compared to um, Rick's, is sort of a, a reducto ad absurdum of ideology in general. Like how mm-hmm. far can you take a position within given certain uh, you know certain events? Mm-hmm. Because clearly, it's not a good idea to keep these just completely chaotic, ridiculous lunatics who are killing for no reason alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're they're killing for, for fun, for sport, and they're laughing. They're like wild hyenas. Right. So it's really, it's, it's like a test of an ideological position where you are taking that position not, be, not for a practical reason, but because of an ideological reason. And so what, what, are, the, what are the problems that that creates if you if you take it all the way to the absolute uh, most intense extreme, and um, you know one one of the recent uh, sort of popular questions around this has been you know do, you know should you if you could go back in time um, would you kill baby Hitler? Uh, I think this was asked of Jeb Bush. It was, and he said, yeah. oh, "Absolutely, I'd, I'd stop that baby to death." <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's it's basically that's the wrong answer mm-hmm. because first of all it's murder mm-hmm, and it's, it's a baby, a baby. <laughs> the baby didn't do anything yet um you know he's supposed to be like a christian probably he probably purports anti-abortion to be probably anti-abortion yeah well it's okay if he does it mm-hmm. like a woman woman can't women can't do it no not to their own kids no but if it's a baby hitler <laughs> and jeb bush is all over it hell yeah but the point like the point of that that sort of moral problem is like okay of course you know i i guess like you can you can lay the deaths of millions of people at hitler's feet but you can't be sure what would have happened otherwise if somebody else might have done something worse you can't you can't and 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 the weight the amount that you would change the world um you know you couldn't really predict you, you first of all um jeb bush probably wouldn't have been born um but that's probably a different different kind of discussion. <laughs> Why wouldn't he have been born? Well, 
It would have changed the world uh, dramatically enough. I don't. I don't think it would have changed the Bush family. It, 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 it's well, it's a butterfly effect. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> the movie, um, but it's a significant effect, and it uh, it has a profound in- impact on Ashton Kutcher. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the, the, I guess the, the roundabout point I'm trying to make is that there's this exercise in reducto ad, absurd, ad absurdum logic where we're saying, okay, well, how far can we bring? this uh, an ideological point of view until somebody decides to become a hypocrite and do the opposite of what they say they're going to do. I don't know. And that remains to be seen. (laughs) Um, All right. So I think that's enough of the Morgan episode. We already spent a a full hour and a half watching it. Uh, I think that's enough time talking about it. Um, So let's back up uh, and do, uh, we can do the thank you episode. We'll do sure. the now episode, and then uh, maybe we could spend some time talking about some uh, Glenn theories and predictions. Sure. Hold on a sec. Uh, sure. Just, uh... Okay. Um, can you uh, can you say that again? Okay. So we'll do the uh, um, thank you episode. Mm-hmm. And then the now episode, yes. and then spend a little time talking about um, Glenn predictions and theories and things like that. Got it. Sounds good. Okay. Um, so thank you episode uh, takes place at the same time as the JSF, JSS episode. So in JSS, we see uh, we start with the honking horn, and we see what happens inside the Alexandria Wall. Um, in thank you, we start with the honking horn and see what's happening outside of the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so basically where we left off in the very first episode of the season, uh, just a quick, very quick recap. Um, so Rick had come up with this plan to lead the walkers out of the quarry, um, and away from Alexandria and, uh, you know, Daryl is leading them on his mic- motorcycle, like the Pied Piper, and it's working very well. And then this horn blows in Alexandria and sets them off course. Um, and it sends the walkers walking towards Alexandria. So in the episode on JSS where we see the, we see the horn honking, um, it's from a truck from the wolves. Um, and I, watching that episode, I remember thinking the horn didn't go for very long. Like they ended yeah. it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So I remember thinking like, oh, maybe that didn't do, do too much damage to Rick's plan out there. Maybe, maybe it didn't go long enough. Maybe um, they can just redirect these walkers and get mm-hmm. everything back on track. Um, but... In episode thank you, we see what's really going on out there, and, and uh, it's kind of it's causing you know a, a big ripple in the in the plan. Right, a kerfuffle. A kerfuffle. So we see um, Rick and Glenn and Michonne. They're out there with some of the Alexandrians who are kind of kind of losing it out there. They're scared. They're useless and not very good out there. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them try to run away. Some of them try to fight each other. Um, there, there was the one with the hat. What was his name? Sturgis with the hat. Sturgis, yeah, he yeah. ran away. He's good. I think he shot somebody. Yeah, I think he did shoot somebody on his own team before running away. Yeah, but it was an accident. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Rick decides that he's going to run back to the Winnebago. I forget what his actual plan was. I think he was going to get to the Winnebago and then try to redirect the walkers um, back to some other point. I don't know. So he takes off. He's running to the Winnebago. And then um, we've got Glenn and Michonne and Heath um, and some Alexandrians. And I guess their job is to just get back home. 
Yes. Right? Try to get home safely. Mm-hmm. Which should be no problem, right? Because they get Michonne. She's awesome. We've got Glenn who can get out of any sticky situation. Yep. Um, and, yeah, so they're just going to walk home. No big deal. Should be fine. Um, one problem they have, though, is the guy who got shot. Right, mm-hmm. so he's he, they get it. They have to they find some place to kind of hide out and take care of their wounds and stuff. They hide in some pet shop in some little town, which happens to be Nicholas's old town. I think he seemed to know the town. It was a, I don't know if it was his old town, but it was where he had gone on a run that had gone bad. Oh, okay, that's what happened he there. Abandoned okay. his. Friend. Yeah, that's right. I think he found some of his old buddies there mm-hmm. as as walkers, kind of t- stuck underneath things, and he killed them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we also find Sturgis there with his hat. Yeah, <laughs> he, that was sad. He didn't get very far. <laughs> yeah, I think I actually missed that. I was, I think I was in the bathroom for that. Oh yeah, I think yeah. we see his hat first. I didn't, I didn't care enough to rewind it. Though. Yeah, nobody cares about Sturgis. Yeah. All, all, I mean, I, I know somebody saw the hat and was like Sturgis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you, uh-huh. you you caught me up, and that was enough. I didn't. That was enough. I got to see more this. Than enough. It was too much. It was too much. It's, it's like way too much right now that we're talking about it at all. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. So what happens? Not much happens in this episode. This is a pretty pretty boring episode, right? You know, it wasn't good. Like nothing really happened. They yeah, hung was... out in the pet shop. Yeah, it was just it was just increasingly desperate times um and then glenn maybe dies oh yeah that's right i forgot about that mm-hmm. um what wait so how did he get out of the pet shop he and nicholas take off on some silly adventure together like uh, don quixote and sancho panza like um they go to like find like a giant windmill to like mow down those zombies with yeah, that would be yeah. maybe a better plan than the plan that they actually had, which was to, I think, blow a building up, make a big fire. Mm, yeah, you're right. They were going to make like a like a distracting smoke signal or something. Yeah, so but then so Nicholas is leading Glenn to this place and then they get there and the place isn't really there anymore or something. Yeah. And then I don't know, happens. instead of just lighting something else on fire, like you're gonna they go kind to of like freeze, they panic a little bit, and Glenn is waiting on Nicholas to make the decision, which is a bad idea. Why are you waiting on Nicholas? Yeah. Well, wait. What? What? Wait. Where, they they where... kind of you know they get to a place and you know the it was supposed to be like I think I think a feed store or something and it wasn't there, um, and Glenn's like Nicholas, where do we go now? What do we do now? And yeah. so. You know, they're wasting all this time, and the, the walkers are coming at them, and mm-hmm. then Nicholas kind of is like, oh, let's go this way, and it turns out to be a dead end. Right. Um, and they end up on top of a um, dumpster, but this is the very this is towards the end, so let's back mm-hmm. up a little bit, see if we missed anything before we get here. Okay. Probably not that much. I don't think we did. <laughs> I guess Michonne and Heath, they get forced out of the um, the pet store. Yeah, well, they were trapped in the pet store, and they were like, there's no back door. Yeah, why not? I don't know. I don't know, but then it was like, there's no way to go but out the front Mm -hmm. way, and then they like made a plan, and it was just to run out the front. Yeah, those were really (laughs) I mean, it's like, I mean, to be fair, that's the only plan that you could have done. I mean, there wasn't anything else to do. Yeah, so they're, they're running, and they're heading home. 
they you know okay so he, this is what i was trying to say about why is glenn waiting on nicholas to lead him because i mean michonne and he they didn't have nicholas to lead them how did how did they know where to go in this town they i don't know they figured it out and they got themselves out of there um why couldn't glenn figure out like just look around and find someplace safe instead he's like nicholas what do we do because he's an idiot I know, it was annoying yeah. Um, oh, and then also, so outside of this group, then there's also the Rick story. Yeah. Uh, so Rick gets to the Winnebago um, after cutting himself on the road. I still, I, you know, I watched this a couple of times to try to see what happened there. At first, I thought he might have been bit. Um, he wasn't. I think he just he cut himself on his own knife, I guess. Well, what, um, you, um, he grabbed a knife out of a walker. By the blade? By the blade. Well, I guess that'll do it. Um, Now, I don't know why, if you get, like, a bunch of walker blood, like, into a cut. Why doesn't it infect you and turn you? I don't know. Why is it that, like, (laughs) like getting a bite, is it just through the, like, saliva? Do they even have saliva? I don't know. I think they're they're pretty loose with this, because, you know... Even when they're like, sometimes they cover themselves in walker guts to blend in. Like, you would think, you know, just getting splattered in, in your eyes and stuff, in your mouth, you would think that would, that would do it. Yeah. I guess but, not. Yeah. Um, so, I don't think anything else ha- uh So, yeah, Rick ends up stuck in the, like, the Winnebago, right? Yeah, he gets ambushed there uh, by some wolves. He kills them all, no problem. I and then he was... gets surrounded by walkers. Was that in this, that same episode? It sure yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Because we sure we was. don't even like see how he got gets out of the. Nope, the that's really bizarre. Well, I guess we'll talk about that in the ne- next yeah. episode. But let's um, let's let's get through this one because this is, this one's like boring. It's it's basically yeah. all about Glenn. <laughs> so, I don't know. We got. We, let's get to Glenn because. So back he, to okay, Glenn so, on the dumpster. Glenn and Nicholas are on the dumpster. They're surrounded by hundreds, if not thousands, of walkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no way out. Yeah. There's a there's a fence behind the um, behind the dumpster, but there's walkers on the other side of the fence. So there's nothing they can do. They're stranded there. Right. Um, Nicholas is is kind of kind of zoning in and out, kind of not doesn't know where he is anymore. Mm-hmm. Looks at Glenn, says thank you, and shoots himself in the head. Okay. All right. Yes. So and let's uh, let's unpack this a little bit. Because all right. He, so here's the, the conventional wisdom. I'll give you the conventional wisdom, and then I'll give you the correct answer to this. Okay. So the conventional wisdom here is that, first of all, Nicholas, uh, everybody hates Nicholas for doing this. It was a, be- mm-hmm. it was a, key, it was a b- betrayal mm-hmm. of Glenn. Okay. Who is he betraying? Of Glenn. He Glenn. betrayed Glenn. Uh, it was, he betrayed Glenn's trust. Um. <laughs> This is this is the wrong answer. Um, <laughs> the second the, the the second thing the the second uh, thing to unpack here is that we're supposed to be upset that Glenn dies because he's such a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Also wrong. Not a not a good character. Not <laughs> sad to see him go. Um, the third thing is that we are supposed to think he dies. Yeah, I mean, he does die. He falls off the dumpster. Well, Nicholas shoots himself, and Nicholas's dead body falls and knocks Glenn off of the dumpster. They both fall into mm-hmm. a pit of zombies. Um, and then we see zombies eating human 
Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you, and they play and some sad the way music. They fell. They the way they fell um, does not make any sense well, at all. Well, no, it does make sense, but it just doesn't make sense for Nicholas to land on top of Glenn. It does make sense for Nicholas if you see it. Um, the way that Nicholas falls, he does. Uh, he would land on top of Glenn. Oh. What doesn't make sense is they would have fallen um, with their the way they would have landed on the ground would be with their feet up against the dumpster and their heads into the crowd. So they did like um, but a when you, they show them on the ground, it's they're spun so they did, 180 so degrees. They did a somersault. They did flip. Yeah. Well, not head over cool. feet, but like head around feet. So they did like. <laughs> so a... they end up landing with their heads by the dumpster and their feet out in the crowd, they, which they doesn't did, make any sense. Was it that they did that funny move where you sort of like you're on the ground and like you're running in a circle, but like you're just yeah, around? Yeah, yeah. Like woo, woo, <laughs> like that. Yeah. So and then the the big point of contention here is that okay, we're we're supposed to have seen glenn's guts pulled out but clearly there are intestines being pulled out of his chest so it's not anatomically correct um i don't know see it's 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 just it's it's a little bit too cute because it's hard to say whether or not they want us to think that he's dying or they want us to think that that we think they want us to think he's dying or they don't want us to know that he's not dying but they also sort of want us to suspect that he's not um but it's all it's it's all just so cute, you know, and it's like all around this character that I have. Why do people like him so much? I don't know. He's he really is kind of one of the worst characters of any TV show. <laughs> he is. A, he's, you know he's why? A you know why it is Byron? Because he's a nice guy. He's a, he's a and nice you know who the fans of this show are a bunch the, of nice guys. He was he was a patient nice guy who <laughs> who won the heart of the hot babe. Yeah, the baby. Through his his per, per, perseverance, <laughs> but he's he's he 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 vacillates between just being this total like try hard weenie and being this like real earnest like oh my my wife I do everything for my wife it, it's like it's it's so it's like sickening he's like <laughs> he's he's horrible and it's like there's no reason within this universe which is totally nihilistic and cruel. And 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 tr- trying to pretend to be realistic, to to expect this guy to survive and to keep surviving, and they want him to survive even as we watch him die. Yeah. So I mean, when he does fall into the walkers, like you said, we are supposed to think that he's dead, and there's a lot of reasons. That, I mean, there's a lot of foreshadowing in this episode to lead up to Glenn dying. Right. Um. And you know, so it, well, here, here's, I, here's I skimmed the, here's through the this thing. from the the, o- the only reason that you would expect him not to die is because you're watching a tv show and you mm-hmm. want the writers to keep him from dying to save him yeah and, and that's they have the and floor. that's the only reason anybody is mad at nicholas because frankly nicholas made the right decision they, mm-hmm. they shouldn't have survived that situation there was no helicopter coming in with a rope <laughs> To save them. That's a theory I haven't heard yet. Maybe that does happen. Though. That would be, you know, that would be the only logical there's, way out they, of that. They don't have a, a method <laughs> for killing that many walkers at once. They mm-hmm. were like what, like eighty deep oh, surrounding. Yeah. The, there's, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, fine. If he survives, great. It's it's bad writing. It's like mm-hmm. don't put him in that situation if you can't get him out of it in a way that I believe. 
And that's what they're doing, but only after pretending already that he was dead, which <laughs> he should have been. And that's why nobody has any right to be mad at Nicholas for, frankly, making the right decision, which is that I don't want to be ripped to shreds. I want to die very quickly and painlessly. In fact, the, the really the, the most honorable thing Nicholas could have done was shot Glenn in the face first. And everybody, can you even imagine the hue and cry if that <laughs> were to have happened? Because not, not because, not for any other reason, but that we want somebody to have written that somebody else came in with a helicopter and saved them. Because that's how we, that's how we, 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 we wish things to happen in these fictional scenarios. Because it's all fictional anyway, right? So why not just throw some more fiction in there? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll, I'm done. <laughs> but like I started to say, um, this you know, looking back, if you watch this backwards, in this this whole episode, it was a it was a Glenn episode. It was a Glenn's dead episode. Yeah. And for the very first shot in this scene in this episode is Glenn. It's his face, he's mm-hmm. running, he's scared, he's he's that's the very first shot of the of the episode. And we've got a couple of throwbacks to like early Glenn throughout the episode. Um, we have him on the walkie-talkie with Rick calling him a dumbass like he mm-hmm. did the very first time he met Rick in the first <laughs> season. Yeah, that was um, that was good Glenn. We, we should there, go back to that Glenn. <laughs> there's a there's a line where he says um, that you know, we've all got a job to do, which is a Herschel line, a Herschel mm-hmm. a line that Herschel said to him way back when and uh, you know, this is it's kind of like you know, a Glenn retrospective throughout the whole episode. Right. And then he falls. He's in this pit of walkers. They zoom in on his face. He, he, he's he got guts all over him. We don't know if it's his or not. I mean, we're, we assume it's his. I assume it's his. Um, and they, they play some sad, slow motion death yeah. music. Okay? Like so it, it's a death scene. Like, this is a death episode. Glenn is dead. Yeah, this, this is the problem with this episode. It's just like there's no coming back from it. Like the damage. That no, already done. I mean it was there's so just, heavy. There's no, so, there's no scenario where it's like, oh, I see what they did. That was great because either he's not dead, which it seems likely, and all of that was wasted, and they they can never kill him again because they'll have no, to do all that shit again. No, because you can't do that again because you, I mean, you did it already. <laughs> yeah. Um, where he is dead, and they they didn't do a good enough job conveying it. And also, there's all this like leaked footage of him palling around with characters who we haven't met with. So it's like we know he's not dead, but it's like yeah. It's I mean, just, these are the theories about why Glenn is still alive. One is like, oh, maybe he got under the dumpster and he got out somehow that way. Um, we had seen some scenes in the trailers of people in sewers, um, and people were saying, oh, maybe he, maybe there's a, an open manhole underneath the dumpster. He sneaks in there, yeah. and that's his escape route. Um, we've also seen some um, leaked pictures of him on set. And future scenes, um, which you know, we see that and we're like, oh well, he's he's coming back. But I mean, the creator, the writers have already said that Glenn will be back in some form or another okay. in order to um, close out his story. Is it um, possible? So it's not. Uh, I mean, he could be a ghost in these scenes that oh, we, like you know, we see him on ghost set. You know, Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've seen ghosts on the show before. Yeah. Glory was around for ghosts for way too fucking long. Yeah. Um, and even in that the episode when um, Tyrese dies, he sees all the ghosts. Like Beth is there. Um, I mean, they all come. So I mean, who knows why Glenn was on on set? That he's gonna be like um, Dexter's father from here on out. Oh, like flashbacks to oh him, my like... god, that would be the worst. <laughs> oh god. Oh jeez, I can't even. I can't even imagine. I don't that. even know what he would be doing. Like, like flashbacks to him like teaching rick like life lessons 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's enough. That's so enough that's the end of that episode. Oh yeah. no, that's not the end of that episode. Yeah, let's, let's say there, it is. No, no, no. Let's just pretend. let me get this in real quick. Because okay. then from there, the next thing we see, we see Rick um, being surrounded by walkers, and yeah. so then we, I, I thought I remember saying this out loud, like, "Geez, like just killed Glenn. Are they going to kill Rick too?" Yeah, that's right. There's a cliffhanger, <laughs> and then so we... that's a cliffhanger. Then then we're left a whole extra week to wait because then we have the stupid Morgan episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we leave Rick, Rick in the RV in the Winnebago and then let's transition straight into the episode called Now. Now. So um, so that's we, the most recent episode. So we skip the the resolution of the cliffhanger. So that's it's just super cheap because they got the they got their little punch in where it's like, oh, what's going to happen next? So I'm like, I'm going to tune in. But then they didn't <laughs> bother being like good, good, like writers and thinking of a way to get him out of the situation. Yeah, yeah. because the next time we see Rick, I, you know, you think you're going to see him in the Winnebago trying to get out of that. You know, it would been, it'd been like if there was somebody else there with him, it would have been one of those scenes where he's like, I got a plan. Come on. It's like, you know, it's like. Because if you don't hear somebody telling the plan, you know it's going to work, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's whisper. <laughs> if you hear somebody talking about the plan, you know it's going to fail. So, <laughs> In so some interesting, we, like, ironic way. Like, somebody, probably Shaggy, will just totally fuck it up. <laughs> We've been talking Shag- about Scooby-Doo this whole time. Shaggy is like, um, is Nicholas like Shaggy? Sort of yeah, Nicholas kinda... is kind of like Shaggy. He even kind of <laughs> looks like him. But it, so he's got nobody out there. He's got no Shaggy out there to mess it up. So somehow he gets out. I guess we'll never know how. I guess it's not important at all. I guess we're just supposed to know that Rick can get out of anything, much like Glenn can. And I guess mm-hmm. that's why we're not seeing what's happening with Glenn and the dumpster either. Yeah. Um, so we see Rick, um, well, we hear him first. He's yelling, open the gate, open the gate. Um, and he's running, and he's got all the walkers behind him coming. And yeah. uh, so he sneaks in. They lock the walkers out. And uh, now we get to see what's happening at Alexandria. Because um, we all, oh, we also see that Michonne and Heath and um, what's the other guy? There was another black guy with him, the one who got shot. You didn't remember his name? Um, I yeah, I, I know who you're talking about, but I, I, I don't think they ever gave us his name. I'm sure they did. <laughs> I'm sure they gave us his name. I don't, I don't <laughs> so those that. three made it back um, at the at the end of the other episode. So they made it back, and now Rick is coming back. So still out there outside the wall um, is uh, Sasha and uh, Daryl and um, what's that guy's name? The the ginger. Nobody Abraham. knows his name. <laughs> I just I just said it, Abraham. Abraham, Abraham, Sasha, Daryl, they're still out. Glenn and Nicholas are still out. Um, and uh, those are the only ones unaccounted for because yes. uh, Rick is back. Um, and so we see um, Michonne breaking the news to Maggie that, you know, Glenn didn't, didn't make it. He was supposed to send us a signal. We didn't see a signal. Uh, we don't know what happened. Right. So the, the, uh, the point of this episode was – and this it's it's called right now right now and the point of this episode is like we 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 can't wait for these people because or we can't like we can't we can't live for like the tomorrow that's never going to come you know we got to live in the moment right right now yeah 
<laughs> and did you do you so here's here's where I think you would have seen the Van Halen video. And this is this is this is why I thought you might get the reference because it's not just the Van Halen video. It was also the Crystal Pepsi commercial. I I do remember. Yep. I do remember that. Now it's coming I don't back. remember the video being in that commercial. I just remember it, like a lot of cans being open and, and then like some nice clear uh, carbonated like liquid kind of spraying out of the Right now so. there's a new taste for a new generation that kind of thing like they were it would be like a card that would be like right now they moved the flip the card and then it would be like there's a taste oh it would be like another card but like the video was like all this like really funny stuff like about stuff that's going on right now like it's such a big crazy world like right now somebody's walking on a nude beach for the first time oh and it'd be like it was like a footage of like tentative feet check it just check it out in private later <laughs> all right i will um so right now in alexandria um ron is learning how to shoot a gun for the first time he asked rick to help him shoot a gun because yeah. he wants to be able to protect himself or maybe he just wants to kill carl we're not sure yeah, it doesn't wait, matter because I, I mean that's a win-win win-win you know kill question, carl though. protect yourself um who is ron 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 is the uh, third uh, side of the Carl Enid Ron love triangle. The Ron is Ron da, is Enid's the, girlfriend. The, he's the the son of the guy that Rick killed. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. Yes. I'm up. Uh, I'm up to right. Jesse's up. son. Jesse's oldest son. Okay. And Jesse also is Rick's new girlfriend, who we see them smooching at the end of the episode. Right. Um, so uh, Carl tells Ron that he wants to go out and look for Enid, and Ron's like, "Fuck you, Carl!" Yeah. And he goes, "He's like, I'm going to tell your dad." So, so this, he so does here's that. the thing about this episode, and we're we, I think we're over an hour here, so I think we can we can get pretty concise with this uh-huh. because the truth is that this episode was awful. It was terrible. It was the it wasn't even the B list; it was the C list of the characters. Uh-huh. We were just catching up. With all these nobodies, mm-hmm. with storylines we didn't really care about, we got like a, what's that woman's name? The woman whose husband Rick killed. Jesse. I just said her name. <laughs> but it's like I just wasn't even paying attention because like, <laughs> Jesse. I, I don't Ron's care. Mom and I don't care and what happens to her in the show, <laughs> and I don't care even to hear my own wife retell <laughs> what she did. It's, it's just so like boring. it's not that I was I deliberately this, this not paying. It was just sort of like, you know, like water off a duck's back, you know. Yeah. So, but okay. So there's, I guess, two interesting, semi-interesting story. I guess the main story in this episode is Maggie and Aaron yes. go out looking for um, Glenn. Yeah, and even that like went nowhere. Went no, literally get to a dead end. Um, and they get to this dead end, and at that point, Maggie says basically, right, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And she sort of gives up. I guess we just don't get to know what happens to Glenn. And at that point I said, Yeah, that's very fitting. We don't get to know. That that that's true for all of us. That's the right. that's it. That's the end of the Glenn story. It should be. It won't um, be. But then they come home and she be. washes his dead name off of yeah, the dead memorial. And was, I was like, What the fuck? I thought you just gave wrong. up on him. That was the wrong lesson. She yeah. <laughs> and her I just like I feel how long has she been playing this character? She still hasn't learned how to talk like a like a real like southern person. 
don't know. It's embarrassing. Claire, I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna find you, Claire. Like, come on. She sounds like that woman on um, the Amazing Race with the, in the Team Mother Boy. She's yeah. got that like this really just such a thick southern drawl, like you know, from something that she learned from watching Dolly, Dolly Parton on TV when she was younger. Yeah, I feel like British people have like strange, um, like in, in like British like acting schools, they have like strange case studies for American accents, like the Jimmy Cagney. Uh, like mobster accent. <laughs> yeah, the, but I mean, it was it. I mean, Rick and, probably, and Morgan are both watch, British. Like, a streetcar named Desire. On repeat. <laughs> but, like, I've what, always depended <laughs> on the kindness of strangers. Glenn, Glenn, I love you. You know. Oh, and and Maggie also says that she's pregnant in this episode. I think I think we sort of speculated this earlier on. Yeah, but I, I mean, who cares? Well, I don't care. Does I anybody mean, care that she's pregnant? No, I, I guess the Glenn fans care. Here's the thing: like, I barely even noticed that she said that, and, <laughs> and I actually—I mean—I remember hearing people talking about that they had speculated that she was pregnant, but I didn't ever pick up on any of those those nuances myself. Oh, well, I did. And but it's not because I'm not episode. observant. It's just because I didn't care. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, no, I. that's totally fair. Um, one, okay, so the only part of this episode that was even a little bit interesting to me. Okay, oh, sorry, there are two parts. The first okay. one um, was when the Alexandrians tried to raid the food pantry. Yeah. And I was like, why are they doing that? Why is there a food shortage all of a sudden? Like, why is this happening? Because... I mean, didn't, like, half of the citizens there just get murdered? Like, shouldn't there be a food surplus right now because they've lost so many people? There are fewer mouths to feed? Like, why is there all of a sudden a food shortage? I didn't get that at all, and I thought that was was really funny. I think it was was a demonstration of a power vacuum. And... Not it wasn't really so much that they were running out of food that it was that people were starting to act irrational and nobody was sort of there to stop them, you know, and uh, I, I there may be a little bit of bad writing in there too. So, it was bad writing. It was a lot of bad pitch. writing in the episode. But okay, so the only part of this episode that I actually liked was the Denise story, Doctor Denise back in the picture. Yeah, that was good. Um, she. She is so frustrated having to be a doctor, even though she went to med school. She's just like, I, why do I have to be the doctor? Mm-hmm. And we're like, she she's having trouble with this guy with an infection, and she kind of just shoots some saline into him and finally magically cures him. And she's so happy about this that she goes and she finds Tara and gives her a big kiss on the lips. That's right. And was, <laughs> you, so, did you think that was like, like a friendly platonic kiss, or more of like a romantic? sort of erotic kiss it seemed like a friendly platonic kiss what? to me i don't think um, so but i think um it will become a romantic uh I, I think they will become a, I, was, uh, I thought that was a joke question no i thought it seemed very like uh thank you thank you like because you know tara had been very nice to her and actually at the beginning of this episode well when i first met Denise I mean, earlier remember i said oh i love interest for eugene and then at the beginning of this episode when i saw tara and denise together i said "Ooh, a tara denise eugene love triangle yeah. so i i, I think uh, uh I'm, I'm, i i want that i want that really bad you don't but i mean you don't you don't kiss like uh 
like a, a if a lesbian full on ellipse if you're not you know i mean like it's like a like a tease isn't it i don't know i mean like i it wouldn't be appropriate let's say for in that situation if it was me and let's say that was um claudia schiffer you know yeah. So I'm the. Let's, I'm glad okay, that you and Claudia Schiffer both survived the zombie apocalypse together. Me and Claudia survived. Both of you both like perfectly equipped yeah. for this. To be honest, I actually sort of stole Claudia Schiffer as a dream girl from uh, Liam Neeson in Love Actually. I was ah. trying to think of like a dream, like who's who's like a hot babe, like dream girl I could put in this role. Oh, she must be like 50 years Claudia old. Claudia right? Schiffer. <laughs> I even like stole his pronunciation of it. Like, oh, it's oh, not like I'm uh, seeing Claudia Schiffer. <laughs> so it's me and Claudia Schiffer. Mm-hmm. Which it's Schaefer, right? No, it's Schiffer. I feel like you're just doing Liam Neeson voice. No, it's Schiff. It's Schiff. Okay, you make fun of me. That's fine. <laughs> so me and Claudia Schiffer are in Alexandria, and I'm Tara, right? And Claudia Schiffer is Denise. Denise. <laughs> so. Wait, was I supposed to be Claudia uh, Denise? You were supposed to be Denise. I was the doctor. Yeah, you. No, were no, no, no. Her. I want, I want Claudia Schiffer to be the doctor. Okay, so she's the doctor, okay. and you are consoling her, and you're really encouraging her because Claudia Schiffer is a doctor, but she's like really insecure and doesn't want to be the doctor. No, 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 no. Sorry, I am the doctor. I'm the. Doctor. I know that. That's okay. what I said. <laughs> so I'm the doctor, and Claudia Schiffer is Tara, and then like I and and Claudia Schiffer. And I, we're, I'm like a, I'm a heterosexual man, mm-hmm. and Claudia Schiffer, of course, is a famous, famous bombshell. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do my, I save the, save a life, and um, Claudia Schiffer encourages me to do so, and 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 so on, so on, so, on. and like I'm like, I have a like a whole change of heart about everything. Would it be appropriate for me to go and just full on? Like open mouth kiss, Claudia Schiffer. It wasn't an open mouth kiss. Oh, that sort of like defeats the whole premise, I guess. But it was, and you're wrong. It wasn't an open mouth I'm kiss. Just, you know what? I'm gonna find the uh, a, a clip. Okay, you find it. It was not an open mouth kiss. I mean, it it was like a step. It I was guess, a wet a one. Step above. It was it was <laughs> not the kind of kiss you'd give an an uncle. You know what I mean, or an aunt. There, well, you know. It was not an. It was not a family kiss. I think uh, sometimes women are are a lot more open to kissing okay, each other than men are. Kiss like a coworker on the lips. They're not coworkers. Same These sex. are friends. They've been, you know, Tara's been so very supportive of her and helping her along. I do think it's maybe a step above platonic, but it, I mean, it, it wasn't like a, like a sensual kiss. It was like oh, like a relief, like oh, thank you, I love you, kiss. Okay, Tara and Denise kiss. Mm-hmm. She gave her just like a very sly... Oh, come on! Okay, she it doesn't open her mouth. But you know what she does is she cradles Tara's face in her hands. Oh, okay. You don't do that to a pal. All right, so, okay, so that's more romantic than I remember. She also, I think... 
you can't see, but it looked like her hand might have like gone down, like at the end, and maybe, maybe did a little, little bit of a boob touch, just like a great. <gasps> there was no boob touch. Like, like just a little bit, like of a honk, of the left boob. I I think I I saw that sort of in, out of the corner of the screen. Okay, we, let's let's wrap this up. We're we're, we're almost done, right? Yeah, I mean we are done unless uh, I, I I thought we could uh, discuss our, our Glenn, but I think we covered him pretty well on the yeah in his episode. So I think the uh, writers, producers of the show got what they wanted. They got the they got the chatter. They got the buzz going. And Here, okay, can I get tell you my thoughts on this real mm-hmm. quickly? Um, I think that Glenn absolutely should be dead. I, I, I'm in the few who actually thinks he is dead. Um, but I think what the writers have done here is really unfair because I think the walking dead as a, as a, as an institution has been very good to its fans. You know, they, they go to the comic cons and they, they love the show and they're supportive and they're good and they're good to their fans. Um, and it's it's these fans who right now are are so frustrated with this, right? You know, because like the people who just kind of watch the show casually, I don't think many of them are even aware that that this discussion is out there. I think those people just are like, oh yeah, Glenn died. Yeah, you know. So it's only like these really diehard fans who are who are even discussing this at all. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really unfair to them because the, you know that that those are the people who you are you're you're just screwing with right now, and I don't know why they're doing it. It seems it seems really crappy to me. I agree and I disagree. I disagree with the premise that there's like. I mean, I I think there's a diehard and a casual, but I think the casual fan is still getting a lot of the gossip um, through social media. I think, I, um, think, I don't. I, I disagree think, with that. I don't think they are. I think uh, like, I there's a lot of like, just articles and just BuzzFeed kind of stuff out there, and I feel like everybody thinks everybody these days thinks they're the geek. That's the one getting this, and there's some sort of mythical casual out there. I I'm sus- a little bit suspicious about that. I feel like m- most people in 2015 who watch tv shows are pretty well aware of the chatter if they're not even if they're not going to forums and stuff i feel like particularly with the walking dead it's it's i mean it's pulling down what like 20 million people 15 20 know. million viewers <laughs> it's like it's the it's like the biggest show on tv yeah it's it's a puff piece it's an easy puff piece for like news aggregators for like what happened in the walking dead last night is glenn really dead every i think i think most people are aware of that headline i do agree with you that the creators of the show are jerking people around and i think that they're squandering some goodwill they definitely Um, but yeah definitely and what it reminds me of is it reminds me of like because they're because they're basically they're using cheap tactics Mm-hmm. And it's like it's the kind of thing where it's like it reminds me of, you know, like when Comcast tries to like slip a little extra like fee for something on your bill. You know, it's like just because they can, you know what I mean? Like just trying to get every little little last drop out of you, you know, and it's like you don't have to do that. People are already watching. You, mm-hmm. know? you don't have to yeah. trick people into watching and the very, I think 
part of the reason people watch and it's a popular show is because it's one of these shows that where it seems like anything can happen and like characters die and there are real consequences mm-hmm. and um i feel like it's the it's it's beyond the tipping point now where it's more of a more gets to be more of a soap opera because it's too self-aware and it's too aware of the fans and it's trying to manipulate that mm. um and i think it jumped the shark i really do i think it's done I, I don't think it's going to come back from it. A- unless Glenn is dead. If Glenn is dead, then I'm happy. Then we can continue on I with don't this. Know. I feel like this, it's, I think mm. this, this season started out very strong with the first two episodes were very good. Um, three episodes were very good. And then it, since since we left Glenn on the dumpster, it's just been, it's been uh, like I, I, I think not very enjoyable for me. I disagree. I think that whether or not Glenn is dead doesn't change this deliberate ambiguity um and i i don't agree that there's any non-ambiguity about it i think that i mean i i what sorry i said that in a weird way <laughs> confused myself but um i, I believe the I, it, it was deliberately ambiguous i think 95 percent fully 95 percent of anybody that watches the show is aware of the ambiguity at this point i think that's a very high percentage well i i i I think it's going to be hard to pull on let let me ask you this um have you heard uh, or did you notice that um that glenn's name was pulled from the credits he's no longer listed in the the beginning credits i i didn't are you aware of that i didn't notice it but i did yeah i don't know i don't even know the guy's name honestly i wouldn't have even known to look for it but i had heard that so, I mean, I think if ha- having done that, I think if he is still alive, I think that is really shitty because it's like they're totally doubling down. They're like, oh, this is this is gonna yeah. be really funny. Well, We're it's, really going to get him. But, like, no, but it's like either that. way. It's that either way, though. That's the thing is that, that there's no reality where 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 Glenn's dead. The creators of the show are like shrugging and scratching their head why do people not know he's dead we showed it like this that's no that's there's no there's no version of that that's that even it, it's it's all game it's all fake it's all it's all it's all there's just it no matter how you slice it you, there's no win here it's it's either they pretended he was dead and he wasn't or they pretended he wasn't dead and he was but something there was a twist but either way there's this just this circus around is he or isn't he you know like who shot jr that's another theory i've heard is that maybe none of that actually happened maybe like this happened in nicholas's head like it was just some kind of a vision he had (laughs) it was like that season of the uh married with children Oh, it's they, a season of every every sitcom. There was a season of Roseanne that, that happened this way when Roseanne won the won the mega box. That's right, Roseanne <laughs> won the meta, mega box. There was a uh, wasn't there a season of the Brady Bunch where it was all a dream. I don't know. Probably wasn't there a season where like um, who was the nanny in the Brady Bunch? The the maid the Alice. Maid. Al- yeah, wasn't didn't she <laughs> fall off a dumpster and get torn to shreds? And she did. Sure <laughs> she did. She was like, a very Brady Christmas. Yeah, because they had that, <laughs> they found that tiki idol. 
Um, all right. On that note, I, I think that's a good place to, to end yeah. it because I'm getting all, right. all worked up about Glenn and uh, you know, uh, yeah, I need no, to go to bed. It's like it's too much. And it's too much. We've, we've got a, it's, been, it's been three weeks of this. It's too much. Yeah, and we've been rec- we're up to uh, an hour and 20 minutes here. Oh, too many. Yeah, too many to minutes. Bunch out. It's going to take a long time. <laughs> all right, okay. so let's right. do this again tomorrow. We get a new episode coming up tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. All right, great. All right, well, Carrie, <laughs> uh, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. Sure. Has. Thanks for talking. I mean, um, drinking dead with me. Yeah, thank you. Um, um, and feel free to cut out like eighty five percent of this. I'll cut out uh, just the right amount. Just the right. All right, yep. perfect. All right. All right. Good night. All right. Good night. <laughs> Bye. See, see everybody. <laughs>